Welcome to the Few Regrets Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Jolly. Join me every Friday for some good conversation and hot topics that could add value to your life. I hope when you listen, you feel inspired to live a life with fewer regrets. Well, hello, you guys. Welcome back to the Few Regrets Podcast. Happy Friday. I have a very special guest with me on the podcast today. Um, Brunson is one of my closest friends of all time. And truly, from the second I met you, I felt inspired in every way, shape, and form. So I am just so glad to have you on the podcast today. So welcome, Brunson. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? (laughs) Sure. Um, So my name is Brunson. I live here in Florida right now. Um, I'm a little bit of a podcaster myself. Yes, Um, yes, yes. I've done some hobby stuff in the past, podcasting, and um, yeah, originally from Idaho and kind of just a bit of a world traveler too. I've had a lot of different fun experiences. I've been able to work remote for the last few years until just recently. So um, a lot of cool experiences that have come with that. Yes, 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 yes. And you come from a very unique family as well, which is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are quite the entrepreneur you are. <laughs> no, I try. I, uh, I have successfully burned down a lot of businesses to the ground. Oh. So. I have uh, effectively, I've effectively failed many, many times, but that's, that's, that's the uh, goal in life, that's my right? entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, the first time you and I ever hung out, we literally deep dive into what we'll be talking about today. And our conversation impacted me so much that like, seriously, from like the day I met you. So I was like, this is the perfect topic to have him talk about today. Um, So I'm very grateful that you are willing to talk about, you know, overcoming judgment and what can be a toxic church culture sometimes. Um, And my listeners don't even know what they're about to get into. So I'm just so excited that you are here today. So um, we'll just get started. You kind of come from a background of living, you know, by the book of an LDS life, right? Your family, you come from a pretty large family. So do you want to start from the beginning a little bit? Like, when did things change, like shifted regarding religion? Do you want to just dive into that a little bit? Sure. So, um, yeah, so kind of kind of what I think we're referencing a little bit here. So I, I grew up in an LDS family um, in Idaho. Idaho Falls, right? Everyone there is pretty much uh, LDS or yes. as it has at some point been LDS. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is there. So I grew up in a pretty devout home, um, great upbringing wonderful parents. Um, definitely one way to do things. Uh, it's kind of the way that I, that was kind of my, my early memories is there was a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And, yeah. and I was, I was always trying to do the right thing. I was a really good kid. I, I think that I, I don't think I did anything. I, I can sincerely say, I don't think I really did anything that was considered bad or rebellious my entire teenage years. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I just wanted to do what was right my whole life. And, um, well, not my whole life, but my whole teenage experience, I was just like, I want to be the best kid that I can be. I just want everything yeah. just so kind of live by the book. So yeah. that's good. Yes. And you're a great example to all of your siblings as well. And you're, and you're a great example of just, you know, someone to look up to and, you know, a very strong, independent person regarding religion. And so I think when we talked about this for the first time and you kind of shared your story about, you know, leaving the church and kind of questioning um, what was the hardest part about, or even considering leaving a religion that you had known your whole life? Um, well, so I, yeah, this, this is not unique to anyone that's LDS. 
anyone that's religious has experienced this, I guarantee it a whole bunch their entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a tendency to look for anchor points in your life, I think. Right. And for most of us that were raised LDS, that was the, the gospel, right? You, you hinge Mm -hmm. everything on that. Your every truth comes back to that. Um, the way you live your life, it's all reflective of, of that religious foundation. So for me, I think that having that, it wasn't, it wasn't so much something that we, that I I considered a detached part of my life. It was just Mm -hmm. reality. I mean, it's as much real as the fact that I exist or anything else. I mean, you don't think about anything in terms of, you know, besides in terms of how it fits into the gospel or how it fits into the, you know, the plan of salvation, everything else. I mean, that's just life. So right. when I decided that it was probably time to step away, um, well, it's interesting because a lot of people, I think there's a lot of, um, <laughs> everybody that steps away from the LDS church, they do it for different reasons. Right. Um, I think some people, they do it because they just have an active need to rebel. Other people right. do it because they got offended by someone. Um, other people, it's because of history. I think that mine was a mix of shame and um, not feeling like I was a good enough member that mm-hmm. I didn't belong anymore. I think the other half of it was that philosophically it didn't make sense to me that that I could have been so lucky to have been born in the only true church on earth. I was like, oh, that seems kind of, um, it seems a little bit dubious that I yeah. got lucky to, I'm right. at 0.000001% and I got so lucky and the church always thought, oh, well, it's because you were, you know, you were foreordained for this or, you know, you you were given this blessing and, right. and th- I think what kind of started to erode some of those deep held beliefs is I started studying other, other world religions hmm. and they all believe the same thing. They believe they got lucky. They believe that they've got the one true church. They've got this responsibility to um, help everyone else convert to that church. Right. And what's so unique about the LDS one, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I think everybody that has, <laughs> I think a lot of my LDS friends that have traveled the world and have been around a little bit, everyone has fest and testimony meetings. I mean, we think that's unique to us. And he's like, oh, like right. as our, I think the assumption growing up was, oh, we're the only church that cries when we talk about our religion. Mm-hmm. We're the only ones that found the truth after searching for our entire lives. And it's like, that's actually not true. Um, a lot of other religions searched and searched all over the world and tried every religion, sometimes including ours. And then they found, you know, Hinduism, they found Buddhism, they found, um, you know, the Roman Catholic church, whatever it was. And I think that the more I listened to these stories, I was like, wait a second. Like, I thought we were the ones that everyone ended up at, like the truth seekers, they always end up exactly here, but it turned out some of the truth seekers walked right past the church and found, you know, just mainstream Christianity or, you know, right. a lot of people found Buddhism and found like, oh, it's just all about love and it's all about living peacefully and harmoniously with other things. And I think so that, so yeah, there were some philosophical ideas that were um, percolating that kind of said, hold on, like, why would we, why would it be so presumptuous to think that we've got the only true church? Yeah. And I was like, well, why would that happen now? And, you know, why is it such a small population? And, um, and of course you, you have a fundamental problem whenever you say you have the only true church and you've got the fullness of truth and right. You, the, the church has kind of, not the church, but um, the gospel kind of paints a target on its own back um, by just by that one definition. We think, oh, it's the true church. That means everything in it has to be true. It means that it has to be false. It has to be divine and direct direction and intervention every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Everything that happened in church history was all part of a greater whole and um, it was all perfectly orchestrated. And, and, and maybe yeah. that is the case, but when you say the word perfect or you say the word the only or you say the only true church, you use those kind of phrases. Um, you kind of lead to some absolutism when yeah. people start searching to other religions. It's like, oh, well, it's got to be perfect then. So, right. Anyways, Absolutely. Yeah. 
No, I love that so much. So, and you were deep diving into all of this. So what made you decide, you know, I think I'm just going to take a break. You know, all of this is kind of a lot. So what, was that like the main reason that you wanted to be like, mm, maybe this isn't the best idea for me? You know, it's like, because a lot of people, like you said, they leave because, you know, the guilt overcomes them. And that is, it's, it's very true. Um, and, but, you know, some other people leave because it's, judgment or you know they made mistakes or you know whatever it is so yeah i think that um well funny enough i, I kind of went through this really big questioning phase where i was like nah, this is probably not true um but yeah I and i think open. that's so important too it's so important to question things that you because that just gives us the power to t- like to you know take control of our own lives is being able to question things that we were you know taught growing up Uh, religion Mm -hmm. or not you know what I mean right well and here's what's kind of funny about it is I think that what what kind of kicked me out of the church was some other people I mean it was I I was kind of I was kind of on my own little path just going oh yeah I'm just very peacefully like searching things out um religion's a pretty touchy religion and spirituality are kind of tough things because yeah we like to put into a box but I think putting into a box can can cause pushback. So yeah, I went to some of these church leaders and said, Hey, like I'm kind of struggling with this and this doesn't make sense. And, um, a lot of them, well, I remember so distinctly there was this one stake president. He, I, I could just sense so much ego. And I just yeah. like, I knew, I knew that in his mind, he's thinking, Oh, I'm going to save the lost sheep, but it wasn't for my benefit. It was for his. Right. It's like, you could see him. He's like, Oh, watch this. I'm going to cure you. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll answer all your hard questions about the church. And I threw him some hard questions and he gave me the most like absolute bland answers. Like that doesn't, answer that question. That was like a sidestep. You can't say just have more faith. I've yeah. got legitimate concerns about what's happening or what's happened in church history and philosophically and other things. I'm like you can't just say, oh, well, that's where faith comes in. Yeah. Read, like, read and pray. Or see your... Yeah. I was like, no. uh, well, where does faith stop then? Because like, right. you know, that's what, that's the thing that's what led to Kool-Aid sipping, right? was like, oh, have more faith. I'm like, no, I don't want to just blindly run into the dark when I'm not, this isn't mm-hmm. making sense to me. And so um, I think that yeah, what, what polarized it was that I just wanted to have my little experience of just trying to figure out what was right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had any intention of like stepping out of the church. I was like, no, I'm pretty happy just going to church every Sunday. Yeah. It was members and church leaders that kind of said, don't be a fence sitter, like mm-hmm. get in or get out. And, yeah. and they almost, and again, I think people, I had a reputation, especially being younger. I was a good kid. I mean, I, I was a very devout member of the church. I was like kind of your perfect LDS boy. And mm-hmm. so when I questioned it, I had friends and people that I knew that kind of pushed back against me really hard and said like, Oh, you're being ridiculous. You're, and they kind of really downplayed what I was, what I was struggling with. And of course, when someone, someone like, like pushes against you, you have two options, either capitulate or you push back. Right. And so I pushed back. And so it it actually forced me, not forced me, but it made it much easier for me to say, Oh yeah, I'm just walking away then. And then I, yeah, threw, I mean, I just threw the whole religion out completely. I was like, yep. Um, moved away, moved to another country started yes. looking at other religion and like i actually i think that i yeah so very quickly i started studying um um evolutionary science and philosophy and different mm-hmm. religions and i was like oh yeah god is a figment of our imaginations he's uh you know because like i think that the also the church says like you can't really know god unless it's inside the church like otherwise you don't really oh absolutely know i think absolutely. that's very much part of the culture i don't think the religion mm-hmm. necessarily teaches that but i think the culture does that <laughs> you can't say you know jesus or god unless you're a member of the church because you don't really right. know him Right. And I don't, I don't agree with that. I think, I think people have deeply personal relationships with Jesus Christ and God that are outside of the church. Yeah. And, so and in our, my mind, 
our relationship with God and Jesus Christ are all so individually unique that it's honestly like crazy to just put the same relationship in a whole, like in a group, like this is what your relationship should look like. This is what, you know, and I love yeah. that. That's so good. Yeah. So I think that that, that kind of, yeah, it just, it was just a series of things. So I ended up being pretty eighth. Like I wouldn't, <laughs> I thought I was an atheist. <laughs> you thought you I were wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't an atheist, but I thought it was in my mind, I was an atheist and I was like, oh, there is no God because I found out that, you know, I, I've read some different books, um, about yeah, evolutionary science. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. Like we're hardwired to believe in stories. We're hardwired to believe in the metaphysical because that's yeah. how we were able to unite as society. And it just made sense. I'm like, oh, this just all adds up. Like that's mm -hmm. the only reason we believe in anything is because our evolutionary brains, you know, if, if you want to go back into the history of it, like, or at least the, the alleged history is that we beat out the Neanderthals by, by being, <laughs> having the ability to see, um, believe in myth, right? So there's a yeah. book called Sapiens that talks about this. And, yeah. and I was like, oh, this just makes sense. Like that's exactly what it is. And I get it now. And so so did this all just click for you? Like after you started deep diving, you're like, this just makes way more sense than what I've been taught my mm -hmm. whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, it, well, and, and partly too, it walked, it washed away all my, all my personal guilt and oh, that's pretty yeah. handy. That's pretty yeah. convenient. So it's like, I don't have to feel bad about myself anymore because if there wasn't a God in the first place, then all these rules that I was breaking or all these things, again, I wasn't like a bad kid. I just had weaknesses, right? I had struggles right. and yeah. those struggles were like eating me alive because I believed that you have to be flawless pretty quickly. I think, you know, I had this idea that God was so ashamed of me every time I made a mistake. And so right. to believe there wasn't no God they, was pretty freeing. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that they teach kind of growing up in, well, I feel like I wouldn't say just the LDS church. It's a very Christian culture and, you know, where like, hey, do not make mistakes. And if you do, you're going to go to hell. Blah, blah, blah. So the guilt and shame is taught from such a young age. And it's sad to see children going growing up, you know, who are our age or you know, older, you know, who grow up with this guilt mindset that if you don't live by the exact standards that you will, you're not a good Christian or you're not a good member of the church, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think that the funny thing about it is like looking at it now, I, I mean, yeah, spoiler alert. I mean, I'm, I'm very active in my faith now. I'm very active in the church, <laughs> but I, uh, I look at the people that taught me to think that way. And a lot of them were riddled with their own shame. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember yeah. distinctly hearing the, whatever the, uh, what do they call it? The chewed up piece of gum analogy. You've heard that one, right? Oh yeah. Or the crushed flower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We didn't get that one. We got the chewed up piece of gum and it was, mm -hmm. for those that don't know, the, the analogy is uh, the teacher one time came to class and you know, who wants this piece of delicious chewing gum? And all the kids like me, me, me. <laughs> and then, she popped it in her mouth and started chewing it up and spat it back into a little napkin. She's like, well, who wants it now? So <laughs> bad. All the kids, like, so all the kids like, went dead quiet. And she's like, no one, right? Yeah. Nope. No one wants that because it's been chewed up and spit out. Let's yeah. talk about, now let's talk about the law of chastity and how you should be sexually pure. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, oh, gosh. Yeah, no. So, yeah, the, the undertone was, oh, yeah, if you ever have sex before marriage, you're a chewed up piece of gum that nobody wants. Yeah. And. I'm not saying that that's, I, I don't think I internalized it that way. Um, I mm -hmm. think the lot more, more of the young women took it that way. For me, it was, um, yeah, if you're not perfect, then it wasn't so much like people won't want me. It's more like God is disapproving of me whenever I make mistakes. He doesn't, mm -hmm. he doesn't tolerate my failures. Um, and on top of that, I mean, it's, I mean, I had very legitimate concerns that weren't being answered because whenever you ask people inside the church, 
not okay excuse me not whenever sometimes when you ask people inside the church hey mm-hmm. so i have this concern i've got this question i've got this issue what they'll tell you is they get very defensive and yeah. to me when someone gets defensive it's almost like you hit you know when someone's like oh yeah when oh, someone sure. does something wrong and you confront them about it they get ultra defensive that's how it felt to me it was yeah it was that yeah. it's like they're trying defensive yeah if you're yeah. insecure about it yourself yeah and they're like trying to protect something that they can't defend them like selves mm-hmm. with Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. So people got really, really. I people got really nasty toward me mm-hmm. when I would ask about certain things, and I was like, "This is so weird." So um, with that, when yeah, were there people like family, friends who treated you differently? And do you think, regarding regarding your religion or why you stepped away, do you think people were treating you differently because of that? I don't think they thought they were, um, and it's hard to say because I think that you're so sensitive. <laughs> so I, I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill on it. But it, for me, it was a pretty, it, I would, I don't like using the word traumatic too much, but it was kind of a traumatic time for me yeah. because everything that I thought was true was no longer true. Right. And if you weren't raised in the LDS church, especially the way that I was raised in the LDS church, you have to understand it. it's just like everything. It's, there is no point. Everything you do, every move, every moment is all leading back to this one great plan, this one great idea. Mm-hmm. And if that something gets ripped away from you, you're, you're, you have to find meaning in totally different things again. So it's like, okay, yeah. what are like outside of the LDS church? It's like, well, it's all interconnected. It, it felt like I was ripping a chunk of myself away. So um, to go back to how people treated me, I mean, I was already very sensitive. And so yeah. I don't really know. But at the time, I felt like I was treated not great. Not like people were like actively mean to me or like were right. sending me nasty texts. I did get some weird texts from people. but <laughs> Yeah. Um, and a lot of people did it. I think they did it out of love in their mind. I just think that there's just a big misconception there because people think that they think the best way to handle it is to just jump down your throat and be like, right. (laughs) Well, and and I got a lot of guilt trips like, oh, you know better. And people would like, like, oh, don't even, don't even talk like that. Like, what do you mean? Like, you know better than that. What's that supposed to mean? Right. Like you're just, you're being (laughs) ridiculous. Like this is just a phase. And like nothing makes you want to rebel more than someone like not taking your very, very serious concern. I mean, like it started tearing me to pieces inside. Right. And then someone to totally just like scoff it off. Like, oh, you're just. Don't worry, you'll be back in a week. And I'm like, yeah. which kind of is like funny. I'm like, mm, no, turned out that wasn't true. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting because it's like when you're in the church, you know, people, they teach you how to treat people to get them to stay in the church. Like, hey, go bring them food. Like, you know, like really society, young women, young men, they teach you, you know, like go serve, 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 you know, like make sure that they're not leaving, you know. And then it's just interesting that they don't really teach you how to treat people who are leaving um their faith or her, there are questioning. And I think it's just important not to change how you treat people regardless of if they're a part of a religion or not. You know what I right. mean? And then that's right. exactly what you're going through. And then I've had family members myself who ended up leaving the church because of people who are, you know, like it's almost like sec- like secondhand comments or, or mm-hmm. snide comments. I'm saying like, oh, like, yeah, you'll be back, you know, and it's like, actually, no, and I'm not because of you. You know, it's like, So right. it's just, yeah, I think it's super interesting. Well, and it, it kind of leads to this underlying issue with, um, not issue. Well, and I, I feel like I'd be pretty sensitive because I'm sure that a lot of the people that I'm still friends with all these people that I feel like some, some of them, I think, did treat me a little bit differently. Right. Um, and I don't want to downplay um, how they felt like they were doing the best way to handle things. Yeah. For, for those that knew me the best, it was pretty devastating for them. And I think a lot of people like kind of, they just didn't take it seriously for a long time. They're like, Oh, like there's just a little phase he's going through, but he's got such a strong testimony. He'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, you know, 
a year and a half later and I was like, oh no, I don't even, I don't believe in God. Like, mm-hmm. And I, I was literally like actively looking at people that were religious going like, oh, you're stupid and you're sheepish. Yeah. Um, Cause obviously it's just a psychology game you're playing. It's just a trick of the imagination. It's you have such a deep need to feel safe that you're creating a God out of thin air. And yeah. I sincerely believed that. And it wasn't trying to be mean to them. I just sincerely believed that they were kind of dumb. I was like, yeah, you're just not really smart. That's yeah. the, the unfortunate thing. And so I was patient with them. I had all this stuff, but I was just like, oh yeah, you just don't really get it. And that's fine. And then people to come at me and be like, oh, well, and they try to debate me on it too, which is hilarious. Like whenever people try to debate me, like they could somehow talk me into believing in, in God. I'm like, okay, come on. Like, <laughs> like you don't, really? you, don't de- you don't debate God. Like you can debate, you can debate atheism as, as likely as you can debate God. I mean, you can't prove that there is no God. You can't prove there is a God. I mean, it's just you're right. kind of at a, at, a, at a stalemate. So it was just kind of funny. It was just kind of a funny time. Um, yeah. But of course, yeah, I think it had some pretty fundamental paradigm shifts with the way I see the world. Yeah. Um, and um, even being active in the church again, I think that I I perceive it so differently now. Like the way I approach my religion yeah. now is just so different. I mean, it's like not even close yeah. to the same, but I think it's yeah. much healthier and I think I'm much happier. So, yeah. And it's so amazing, you know, that we have experiences like not, I mean, I wouldn't say we, I mean, I, I think we all question stuff, but I think your experiences are so much more unique in a sense where you literally went almost atheist for a while and then had an amazing experience, you know, where you knew that there was a God and you kind of came back from that a little bit. But I think it's mm-hmm. just, it's amazing to have these experiences that teaches us that, you know, it's okay to have questions and it's okay to um, deeply ponder about things that we've been taught our whole lives. And it's, it's scary to rethink these teachings and principles and um, because let's, you know, but that's how we gain a knowledge of, of God is, you know, questioning him, I feel like is, is, mm-hmm. is a important thing to say, but yeah, you kind of hinted you're back in the LDS church now. And, you know, are there things, like you said, you're way more confident in your religion, you look at it a different way, but are there things that are still hard for you as well? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I will say this to be taken as a grain of salt. This is just my opinion. <laughs> my opinion changes yes. every six months. So right. <laughs> I don't want people to like yes. come at me and be like, you said this on that podcast and that's why I don't know. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I've said no. a lot of stuff on my podcast as well. And I change it. Like if you yes. listen to my episodes from beginning to end, like you're going to see like you can see an evolution of the way that I think it changes yes, every but six I months. I love that. Yes. And that's, what have, yeah, are- that's awesome. I, I like it. I think that I think people often just think that a podcast is like this official like declaration. No. To me, yeah. to me, when I'm publishing, this is an ongoing conversation. This is not this is not me like declaring my beliefs to the world and going like this is the mountain I'm gonna die on. So with that being said, <laughs> um what I believe now is that our belief that we can choose our own beliefs. So um mm-hmm. I can choose to believe that my family, my parents, that my circumstances screwed up my life and it will be true. Like if I choose to believe that my parents ruined my life because they raised me wrong, it's true. If I choose to believe that my parents blessed my life and that's why I have all the happiness I have, it's true. And I think there's, you know, if, if you, if you choose to believe something that's just fundamentally false, you'll kind of run to a brick wall eventually. Um, it'll, Mm -hmm. that, that, that belief will come crumbling down. So that being said, I sincerely believe I could choose to believe in messianic Judaism today. And if that was a choice that I made, I'm sure that I could find a strong testimony in it. I'm sure I could piece it together yeah. in my own mind in a way that it made sense. 
And the more I reinforce that belief, the more true it would become to me. I'm very sure that I could choose today to believe that there isn't a God at all. And I could continually reinforce those beliefs. And eventually it would become my reality. Um, Instead, I looked around me and I saw the lives of the people that I respected most that were members of the church. And I said, huh, they're really happy. And then I looked around and I saw people in my lives who were atheists. And I said, they have happiness in different ways. And I started to piece it all together. And I said, okay, what would be the, what would be, what's going to produce the best lifestyle, the most fulfilling life for me and my family? And I said, well, I think it's probably inside the church as long as you take it a healthy way. Yeah. And so, and by healthy, I mean, don't get caught up on weird stuff. And, um, which I'll, I'll go into maybe in a second. Like, I yeah. think that, yeah, I you're think, fine. <laughs> yeah, I think that, um, I actively chose to believe in the church. Mm-hmm. And that's and, a big, big step, I would have to say. Yeah. It's and hard. I think some people, some people, it's just obvious to them. They just look at it like, yeah. oh, this is just true. For me, it is true. I believe in the church. I actually really sincerely do. But I think I made the conscious choice to believe in the church. Mm-hmm. I opened up my mind to it. I allowed myself to be persuaded to it. And so far, it's produced nothing but fantastic results for me. Yeah. There's things I don't like. There's things I don't agree with. I didn't get the COVID shot. Either sorry for those I'm not that vaccinated. That. <laughs> I know, like, sorry, I'm yeah. not vaccinated. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, some people thought like, oh, the prophet said to do it. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, I just don't agree. And I mean, that's why I love you that you're my friend is because we have such holistic beliefs. <laughs> like I ain't getting no COVID shot, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Earl, and, and I think that that's, that's the approach I take now is I, I try my best to live as closely as to adhere as close as I can to everything. I don't drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Right. And at all, which even like people think it's kind of like, well, like that's such a dumb thing. Like, you know, I think the coffee is like one of the lightest commandments. I'm like, yeah, but I chose to embrace the faith. So I'm going to embrace all of it the best I can. Yeah. I cut everything out of my life that I could. I do swear probably more than I should, but I don't think that's maybe in direct violation of anything too serious. But overall, I think that I try to live the religion the closest that I can. I read the scriptures. I go to the temple. I go to church and I try. And the funny thing is I love it. I get a lot of fulfillment out of it. And when other weird things come up, like the shame stuff, when I hear weird things inside the church, you know, I'm like, oh, I just don't agree. If I hear something that I don't think is true, I don't get all worked up into a knot about it and say, oh, like, how could this be? Or, you know, I I learn, what was something? Brigham Young, you know, for example. Um, So Brigham Young is a good example of someone who I think there's some pretty mixed... um, opinions about yeah and for me it is irrelevant if he was a racist or not right because i mean there's two different trains of thoughts people say oh yeah brigham young was just a racist that's why all the stuff with the blacks and the priests had happened other people Mm -hmm. say no it was all part of a more divine plan um god was working in the background it was all just stacked up perfectly to equal what it did and it was all perfect timing and I'm like, I, I just don't actually care that much. Um, and that maybe seems super apathetic and be that as it may, I yeah. I find a little more happiness, just like not have to think about it. Yeah. I take all the gospel has and I embrace it. I take yeah. the best elements of it. If there's something I fundamentally don't agree with, I don't yeah. embrace it. However, if I'm unsure about a certain topic, I default towards the church. What I mean by that is if I have a strong opinion on something, I think I've really done my research and I just don't agree with the way the church handles it. I say, ah, I just don't agree with that topic yeah. and I'm open-minded, but I just don't agree with it. If yeah. I'm on the fence and I'm like, ah, oh, it's like, so for COVID, 
I did a lot of research. I just did not agree with getting the shot. Just me personally. I have no judgment to anyone that did. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you're a good member or a bad member. I'm just, that was just my, I felt very strongly about it. So I said, I just don't agree. And it didn't ruin my life. You know, I have a lot of friends that it was like about broke their faith, trying to wrestle with these two different ideas. And for me, it was like, oh, yeah. like, I just don't agree. If, if I had been a little bit more on the fence about COVID and been like, I literally could be convinced either way, left or right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, the church says to do it. I'm going to let that tip me this way. Yeah. So that's the way that, and I think that a lot of my friends, I mean, when we talked before, I think, well, and I get asked a lot by people, they're like, oh, like, how do you still believe in the church? And how can you still like, you know, it's, it's a cult, you know, it's a cult. And I'm like, <laughs> isn't everything a cult though? Right. Like you find me one thing that's not a cult. Ex- Ex-Mormons are a cult. Are you kidding yeah. me? That is a, that is a cult following. Yes. Behind certain <laughs> people. Save the whales is a cult. Um, right. Being a liberal or a Democrat or Republican or conservative, that's a cult. Right. Like no matter what you're doing, it's all kind of the same stuff. Yeah. And so choose a good cult if you're going to be part of a cult. <laughs> choose right. one that at least is going to benefit your life and the life of your children. Yeah. And I'm going to be probably a little more careful as a father about what my kids perceive. Yeah. And I'm going to be a little bit, a little more, have try, probably try to pr- apply some filters with how they perceive shame. Yeah. Um, but overall, the church is 98% positive. Yeah. And 2% maybe a little bit toxic. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that a lot of us have completely abandoned everything, myself included for a time, mm-hmm. because 2% didn't make sense. And 2% yeah. was actually wrong. Like, I, I I sincerely don't agree with about 2% of the church, like, very strongly. Right. Yeah. Maybe 5% even. But most <laughs> of it, yeah, but most of it's really positive. It's uplifting. Yeah. It teaches about eternal families. It teaches to respect. Mm-hmm. It teaches really good principles. And we've got longevity to look at. Yeah. The church has produced very, very high functioning individuals for a very long time. I mean, it's long yeah. enough to me for me to at least feel safe about it. Yeah. It's the roots of my people. It's like all these issues. I mean, all these things stack together really high. Some people are like, oh, like, would you try to convert someone to the church? I'm like, sure, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's so good. Yeah. And and I believe in it. I do. I believe it's I believe in the covenants. I don't know exactly how everything's supposed to work in the next life. I, I think we're gonna all be a little surprised in the next life, is is my yeah. current opinion. Yeah. I, I think we'll get I, up there and be like well, um, uh, not what I thought. Yes, yeah, like, I just that's just what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I don't know. Maybe we're gonna find out that God inspired a lot of other religions, and He said, right. "Yeah, that one's true, and this one's true." Yeah. And it didn't really matter which one you picked. I don't know. Yeah. And until I mean, until I do know, which I mean, I won't know in this life. I'm like, I'm gonna pick a good one. Right. I'm gonna embrace it with all my heart. And the funny thing is, I found a lot of deep meaning and peace, and and I do. I have a strong testimony of it. So, yeah. um. Now, I think the only, yeah, again, going back, the piece maybe is I don't know if it's the only true perfect religion on earth. I don't know that. Right. Right. Um, I hope maybe someday I'll get to that point where I believe that, but right now I don't. So, right. And, you know, how funny is like, how willing are we to just trust fall into God's God's arms? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And how willing are we to just put our pride aside and say, you know what? Yeah, I don't a thousand percent know everything and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what's best for life, but it's just like how, willing are we to just put our faith into God and pursue a life that he wants for us, whether, you know, and a lot of people, it's hard for them to do that. And like you said, that 2% is more important than the 98%, you know, and that's, it's really hard to come to terms with and it's not easy. It's way easier said than done, but it is rewarding at times to trust fall into God's arms and pursue a life that he wants for us, you know? 
Yep. And, and I think that's, I think that's where I've kind of come down to is that what I tried to do was just actively surrender to God. Yeah. And I think that and this is where I'm going to probably make some enemies, but I think a lot of people think, well, that means you would end up at the church. I'm like, I'm perfectly willing to go anywhere. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't need to believe the church is the only place I chose it. I think God let me choose it. And I think mm-hmm. that I've surrendered enough that if it was wrong and it was bad, I think God would take care of me. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'd let me get hurt as a result of being part of the church. And so that's kind of, you know, <laughs> it's the same thing as like riding a motorcycle for me. Yeah. People are like, how can you do that? That's so dangerous. That's got like all this risk to it. And other people say, no, it's fine. And you don't know who's right or wrong, but the bottom line is I have enough faith that God will take good care of me. Yeah. And if I die, I feel like it's my time. If I get injured, I feel like it's my time. I have, I pray so fervently and so sincerely that if anything does happen, I think that God's behind it. Yeah. Um, if I spend the rest of my life just being perfectly safe, I'm going to look at that as a direct result of his blessing. Yeah. So by the same token, I don't know if the church is going to take me to a spot that's good or bad for hundred percent sure, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to be good. And I think that God will shield me from anything that's maybe not as good. All my yeah. friends got the COVID shot. I'm like, you have so much faith. I believe that you'll be just fine. Yeah. Even if I believe that it's not the best thing on earth to put into your body. Right. I think a lot of my friends that did decide to get it, I'm like, you know what? It was a sincere act of faith. You're doing the best you could to follow God. Yeah. I think he'll take good care of you in one way or another. Like he'll, he'll make it okay. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm at the church right now. And with, with people, I mean, this sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm sure that if you're listening to this, you're like, oh, he doesn't really believe in the church. It's like, no, I actually really do. Yeah. I just have a few caveats that, um, that I'm hoping eventually will take care of themselves. I think yeah, there's th- things that don't make sense. And I really hope that someday they do. I hope someday that I have no questions. I hope someday it's, well, maybe not no questions, but I hope that I have very little doubt. I, I hope that it gets to the point where I'm like, oh, I believe this is all my heart. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm there yet, but I'm very happy with the journey that I'm on. Very happy with the uh, the progress that I've made spiritually. So yeah. anyways, that's kind of my my uh, soliloquy there. Yes, I love it. You just went off for a minute and I just loved it so much. Um, I truly believe that it's it's just so important to be, whether you're in a religion or where you're not in a religion, to just be a kind person where people can feel like they can have peace around you and can feel like they are a somebody and it's important just to be a good light in the church because since it is such a large organization we can get a lot of hate but we also get a lot of joy and love through that as well so it's Mm -hmm. it's just important to have people who have gone through hard things to speak up and you know from someone coming from a hard background and a hard family life it's like I have had so many opportunities to compromise my religion and compromise my beliefs and yet I have chosen to stay in a religion to bring people closer to Jesus Christ because it's more important for me that they know that this church is full of good blessings and, you know, good promises than, than it's not, you know, it's like, so I have had opportunities (laughs) to compromise and I just love that you shared all of that and kind of, you know, that I am, my podcast is to inspire people to live a life with fewer regrets. So what, are things that you think members of the church or any faith for that matter can do for someone or anyone who is thinking about stepping away or struggling in religion? Um, I think the first thing would be to trust the process. Mm-hmm. I do, I do, uh, I do some sales training and it's always funny. People are always <laughs> like trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm like, no, no, just, just trust the process. Yeah. Oh, but it's been three weeks and like nothing's happening. I'm like, trust the process. 
Yeah. And with my own, uh, with my own life, I, I have a bunch of these, I, I've, you know, I, I have a coach that I, that I hired to help me, um, just, you know, improve my, my own self, right. Yeah. So, you know, personal improvement coach. And, and it's funny, it's the exact same advice. It's trust the process. And I, I get stressed out and go, well, things aren't happening fast enough. I mean, I've, yeah. I've been doing this for two whole months now and so let's just <laughs> trust the process. And so that's, yeah. I think by the same token, um, I had a friend that was talking to me. He's like, oh, my, my daughter left the church and I don't know, we've been trying everything we think of to like save her soul essentially. Oh. And I, I said to him, I said, do you trust your daughter's a good person? They're like, yeah, she's a wonderful, wonderful person. Do you think she's stupid? No, like she's just been deceived by Satan. And I'm like, I, I hear what you're saying, but trust her, trust her enough to let her go a little bit, you know, that's Absolutely. just my, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a parent yet. I don't know. I'm sure it's not, I'm sure it's very intimidating to have your child Absolutely. walk away from the thing that you believe in the most. But yeah, I think that, um, the same uh, Stephen Covey had a great analogy. He said that he had a son or a story, I should say his yeah. son really struggled with baseball mm-hmm. or really just everything. And he said that every baseball game, they'd, they'd almost overdo it. You're doing great, son. Just keep your on the ball. Don't worry. You know, keep your chin up. No worries. You struck out. That's just, it's all part of the game. And he said, they just really laid it on thick mm-hmm. and they really just rallied around him and they just supported him so much, which we think of as a positive. Right. And he said, the funny thing was what it said to that child was, I'm so weak and so broken that you feel like you have to go above and beyond to rally around me. You just don't trust me essentially. And I had the same thing. I've seen the same thing with other people. I said, when you go crazy and go absolutely bananas, when a child, you know, your child leaves the church, what you're saying is, I don't trust you to come back. I don't trust you to be smart enough or capable enough to find your way. Yeah. Um, I don't trust this church enough to stand out in your mind. And I said, if you believe the church is true, like really believe it. If you're insecure about it, sure, I get why you're acting so weird. But if you're really confident that it's the true church, don't you think that your child, who you describe as a truth seeker, is going to find it? Yeah. And probably the best thing you can do is just cool your dress and go, huh, okay. You're taking a little hiatus? Yep, I'm just doing, doing my own thing. Okay. Um, here's some fatherly or motherly wisdom for you. Don't get into substances. Yeah. You know, substances are no good. Yeah. Don't do bad habits. Don't do things that cause long-term damage. Yeah. Keep your and standards high. Isn't but that sure, funny though? It's like people who do go through these like faith changes, they always revert to the most – opposite things that religions mm-hmm. teach whether they go and drink or they just do drugs or they you know it's just crazy to see that sometimes too well they kind of sow their wild oats a little bit you know it's oh yeah for sure you know i've never been allowed to do any of these things so i'm going to take everything that was once bad <laughs> and just flip it on its head right and that's how people you know that we say they went off the deep end it's like yeah when you <laughs> when you get kind of re- when you feel repressed for so long and that's the yeah. problem is that if you do something slightly wrong, your parents explode and go, what is wrong with you? You've been taught better. Like, and they just, yeah. you know, they just get all over your case. I've had a lot of my friends that have left the church because their parents just freaked out when they did something minor. Mm-hmm. They skipped church for a few weeks because they just didn't want to go or they just didn't feel like it was right for them. Or they, you know, I had a friend that was like, yeah, I came back and told my parents I wasn't sure if I believed it. And they just went ballistic and they grounded them. And, and they're like, you can't do anything until you get this right in your mind. I'm like, that nothing like that says that I'm insecure about the truth of this church. Exactly. And it, it seems, I almost feel like too, another part of it is that we, we have a lot of cultural shame towards parents that whose kids leave the church. It's like, oh, yeah. your parents left the church or your kids left the church. Oh, you must not have been very good parents. Right. You must not have done a good job raising them. Oh. And so a lot of yeah. these parents also take it personal as well because it's like, oh man, I've, am I just not a good parent? And it, right. in their mind, I think it reinforces a fear that they already have that maybe they didn't do a good job raising their kids. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I think that, 
again, and I'm not a father, but as a, as a child, I think that it's very powerful to say, oh, you'll be okay. Yeah. I had a really, really close friend say, Hey, I think I'm, I think I'm stepping into the church. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I said, okay. He's like, is that, that it? Nothing else to say? I was like, no, you'll be okay. So what's that supposed to mean? I was like, I think you'll be fine. Yeah. He's like, and fine in what way? I was like, well, I think you'll find your way. So do you think I'll come back to the church? I'm like, I don't know, but probably. It's like, why probably? I'm like, because I think you're a good person. And I think that what you're going to do is you're going to go around, you're going to try out maybe some different flavors and see what see what it is. And you're going to come back to your roots because there's strength there. There's tradition there. Your people mm-hmm. are involved in it. Your family's involved in it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's not a, it's, it's a good place to be. Yeah. It, and you know, the, it's a great place to be actually. Oh yeah. And people crave stability, you know, and the, that's one thing I'm grateful that the church has is it's so, it's a stable environment and it has, and it's taught like take away religion completely out of it. If there was no God, the values of how to be a good person is so important. And it's just a good, just a good place to be taught, you know, how to be kind, how to serve, you know, how to go out of your, like get out of yourself to, um, to become like a better version of yourself, you know, and it's mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. taking religion out of that. It's just a good stable place to have. And I think that's really important that like, yeah, you can leave. It's fine. It's like, you know, but you don't have to ab- abandon your value system with it. Yeah. You know? Yep. You're spot on. Yeah. I love that so much. Brenton, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Do you have any advice that you would like to share at all before we close? <laughs> I feel like I'm very underqualified to to add advice, but. Oh, please. <laughs> I do think that. Well, I, I would say that if someone's like listening to this and they're going, yeah, like, I just don't think this, this religion's for me. I'm like, yeah, great. Yeah. Same thing. Like, yeah, take your time. Yeah. I, I do think the the smartest advice I was ever given was, again, don't get involved in substances. Yeah. I'm really grateful. I never drank. I never did any drugs. Mm-hmm. I almost drank and I almost did some drugs and I almost did a lot of stuff, but I never right. did. And I'm yeah. really grateful that I kept my standards really high. Yeah. And I spent whatever two three years trying to figure stuff out and i'm really really glad i don't have to deal with nicotine addiction yeah or alcohol addiction and i know that there's a bad rap like oh not everyone that drinks alcohol is an alcoholic i get that i get it yeah um let's just focus on nicotine as an example yeah all my buddies smoke right at least a lot of them left the church Mm -hmm. whether it's pot or you know whatever kind of nicotine based substance and they've all got pretty pretty nasty little addictions right now and it just compounds and makes it so much tougher to come back and find your way. Yeah. And so, and now I'm, I mean, I'm just so happy that I'm a member. I'm so happy that I'm involved in the church. I'm so happy that I'm, um, that I'm here where I am. And I think it would have been very tough to come back had I gotten involved in substances. So I think that's probably one little, like little nugget if I were to add to anything is just like, yeah, be wise, like don't be stupid and don't think you can magically just like go and, you know, burn the forest down and think that everything's going to be fine. Like, you spend yeah. a lifetime building good values just because one of the trees is sick doesn't mean the whole forest is sick. So like, yeah, you know, I love that. Yeah, so don't, much. don't, yeah. Don't burn the house down trying to keep yourself warm type of thing. Yeah. And I think something that I would add just to close with everything, you know, I think something that I love so much about you and just like your family and just how you were raised is how kind and accepting you are of every single person And for me, I was raised that way as well, but I just think it's so important to be kind, not just because people are kind to you, but because that's who you are. And I think 
that's how we should all strive to live is be kind to everybody. You know, just because someone doesn't have the same belief values as you doesn't mean that they're bad people because I truly don't believe that there is a bad person out there. And people are like, oh, they're good or bad. But I was like, everybody is good. But sometimes people are just going through hard things that you really don't know all about it, you know? Yeah. And so it's important to be kind and to just be kind because you're a kind person, not just because people are kind to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Brunson, I'm so happy that you were able to come on my podcast today. <laughs> so grateful. Thanks for the invite, Emily. You're so welcome. Well, I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend and I will see you guys next week.